This is Larie Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. this hour is Derek Bowers. He's the director of social enterprise at CEO NYC. Yes, you heard that correctly, where he oversees the organization's largest transitional work operation. He also helps lead CEOs government outreach in New York City, as well as assisting in strategic partnerships nationally. He was the recipient of the 2021 City and State New York's Labor 40 Under 40 Award. Congratulations, sir. He is a native Brooklynite, so you all already know I'm a little bit partial. He also happens to be an alumnus of the amazing Howard University. Derek Bowers, it is a pleasure to have you here this morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Listen, fellow Brooklynite, not mad at it at all. Excited that uh, Brooklyn always gets a chance to shine. And I love the, I want to start with the name of your organization, CEO, uh, because it stands for Center for Employment Opportunities. And I love the name because when we think of CEOs, we think about people who are masters of enterprise, masters of economy. And you guys are doing a lot of work to help empower folks who have typically been unable to master their personal economy, basically due to the circumstances in which they find themselves. Talk with us about the work that you do for returning citizens and how you are helping to ensure their personal economy is able to contribute to the collective economy so that we can all eat a little bit better. Yes, for sure. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, CEO, a Center for Employment Opportunities, is a national organization that started in New York City in 1996. It was an experiment um, by the Vera Institute of Justice and, spin, and spun off into its own nonprofit organization during that time. Um, our mission is to make sure that when individuals return um, from incarceration, that they get access to immediate holistic um, employment services. Um, and, you know, we have since scaled from 1996, we have since scaled to 31 cities and 12 states wow. um, because we know how important this issue is um, and how necessary it is for us to provide resources and assistance for those coming home from incarceration so that they can, you know, they can live true to the redemption values that we, you know, talk about so much in this country and allow them to be um, leaders in their communities um, and their families um, through work. Mm. Talk with us about the nature of what tends to happen to returning citizens who don't get the benefit of your program. We, we hear a lot about public safety and we hear a lot about how, uh, you know, we want to end recidivism and we want to end violence as it increases in our community. But what is typically the economic condition of those folks who have served their time, uh, be it time that they were uh, assigned rightfully or wrongfully, what is typically the economic condition that they are facing when they come home if they don't have a CEO that they can rely on? Yes, that's a great question. Um, and, you know, when you when you look at the story, you hear the stories of individuals, countless, you know, men and women who are returning citizens, um, you know, they're facing um, not only the stigma of being formally incarcerated and having that criminal conviction on their record, um, but they're also dealing with what we call um, perpetual punishments. Mm -hmm. um, and that shows up in, in many ways. It shows up in their lack of access to equitable employment um, and careers. 
because of the stigma of, of that criminal conviction. Um, it also um, limits their access to housing, right? Um, and then what we find is that the, the, the vast majority of individuals who are returning to their communities are returning to communities that are dealing with enormous issues and, and predominantly poverty. Um, and, and in the United States, um, we tend to criminalize poverty mm. um, as a, you know, as a historical premise, right, um, that poverty is criminalized. And, you know, many individuals return back into the state that landed them in incarceration in the first place. So, you know, what we hope to do at CEO is that, you know, we hope to be able to provide a solution to that, but not only, you know, providing uh, the resources to get them to a place where they are ready for work, ready for career, but also advocating against the stigmas, um, advocating for employers to understand the benefits of inclusive hiring, yes. um, and also um, understanding that these are all citizens. These all, you know, in, you know, specifically, you know, I'm in New York. They're New Yorkers, right? Living in the city, hoping to be a part of the the, the machine that ensures that folks can work. Mm. They can pursue pursue liberty and happiness, you know, the American dream of being able to have all those things and redemption matters. And if we believe in um, that, the fact that um, going into incarceration is about correcting um, and, 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 and redeeming oneself, that they, we should be able to afford them all the, the tools and resources to get back on track. You know, this is really important for us to recognize because if we rec if we acknowledge that there is a significant over incarceration in our community and again yes. this is not about actual guilt or actual innocence there's just an over incarceration in our community and, and quite frankly even if you are quote unquote guilty um the fact that we receive harsher punishments than do other people who are not from within black communities for the same crimes. There's just an over incidence of, of incarceration. And the stigma that people are facing, I've, I've found that it's actually baked in ways that perhaps we may not even be aware. You might actually be at an institution that perhaps is open to hiring formerly incarcerated people. But I, I recently discovered there are some stumbling blocks, even for those of us who don't care. Uh, I'm at an institution where we're, we're based at a college, uh, be, uh, shout out to Medgar Evers College, um, Center for Law and Social Justice, and we, previously had incubated uh, an organization that was set up to help returning citizens. Uh, and we incubated that center. It is now thriving and doing its own thing. But we have tried to bring people in that we want to hire because we actually don't care about your former incarceration at our center. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, so we have tried to hire people, but we have these background checks that everyone who we would hire through this program has to apply for and has to pass, even though we, the, the decision-making and the hiring entity don't care about your background, they are required to get a background check because of the way the city university works. And it is, it's, it's over $100 to get this background check, which is prohibitive to anyone who has just come out of this situation. So we have had to create situations where we will eat that cost on behalf of applicants mm -hmm. so that it doesn't become a barrier to entry. Now, 
if I didn't know this, I would just think, oh, it just so happens we don't get any people in this population applying for these positions, which they would be qualified for when the reality is the structural institution does not allow them easy entry to get access to this type of a position. When we're thinking about how stigma, how, uh, how infrastructure, and how all of these things can sort of collide to create a fence, an insurmountable fence for so many people, what, how does your organization help to tear that fence down? Yeah, so I mean, you know, I think that the first step is the safe space of the organization, right? Um, you know, you, the, the, in the population that we serve, the men and women um, who come into our program, um, they're, you know, they're not mandated to work at CEO, right? And that's the first step um, to allow individuals to make that first step choice mm. on what is the best decisions for the remainder, for, you know, moving forward in their lives post-incarceration. Um, and, and so we have to make sure that the space at our organization, our offices are conducive to ensuring that it is a safety net and a safe space for individuals that we're serving. And so, you know, we have to make sure that our staff understand um, what comes with the experience of incarceration, um, the traumas that individuals experience through that journey, um, and how that affects their lives going forward, how that affects employment, how that affects, you know, um, training and education, um, and and so what we what we make sure happens is that our staff are trained in cog cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. um, motivational interviewing so that when we engage our participants, we are giving participants the tools, do that communication right. on how to solve the problems themselves. Wow. Right. Um, and, and for us, that's important. And so that's, that, you know, that is kind of like the foundation of how we serve our participants, our program, but our model is the important piece, the, the, the most important, right? And, and our model is unique. And what makes us unique is the access to immediate employment, right? Wow. So when you enroll in our program, um, you go through a week-long orientation that really centers you around the journey that CEO will take you on, what the expectations are in the program. Um, and, and, and after that, you know, we give every individual access to um, our transitional work sites. Um, and, 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 you know, no matter which city, office, site, location that CEO um, operates in, you know, individuals get at least three days of transitional work which is wow. in conjunction with many of our city and state agency partners mm -hmm. that we're providing supplemental maintenance and labor to agencies, which not only creates, um, we're providing a service for the city, right? Or the municipality that we're operating in, but we're also creating immediate paid employment wow. for participants, which gives soft skills and training on the job. And we pay participants every single day. We run payroll throughout the country for thousands of individuals because we know that we cannot expect folks who do not have access to immediate income and resources to be able to just step out, you know, pull up, you know, lift themselves up by their bootstraps, for lack of a better term, and just make it. No, they need help. Mm -hmm. They need they need this, the safety net of transitional work. And that's what makes CEO 
um, important and unique in that sense. We are the largest reentry provider um, that offers transitional employment in the country. And we believe that is key, that access to immediate employment is key to make sure that folks can stay on track to that right. full-time job, to that career that they, they hope to pursue. This is absolutely fascinating to me because it's not even just the immediate availability to to work. It's the everyday payroll. Talk to us about that. How how are you able to manage that? So does this mean that if I'm a part of your program, I'm a participant in your program, I worked mm -hmm. my day to day, I'm getting paid the same day that I worked? How does that, yes, how does that happen? You're getting paid the evening after your shift or oh, if you're working snap. in, you know, we have, so we, um, we have, you know, multiple um, locations, you know, most of our sites are Monday through Friday you know, working six and a half hours a day, um, you know, like any other, in, you know, employee in New York City right. working and hustling and bustling. Um, and we have, you know, evening sites and those sites get paid that following day because payroll, you know, runs in the, during the business hours. Um, but, you know, essentially you're getting paid within within the 24 hours wow. um, that you're working. Um, and that's important, right? Because, you know, we don't know you know, everybody is different in terms of where they are in their journey. Um, and, you know, having that, you know, that immediate cash makes a difference. It makes a difference whether a, a, a person decides to continue and come back. Right. Um, um, and then, you know, the more they engage in the program, the more they can open themselves up to opportunities um, um, and, and understanding on what the best next steps are for themselves. That's fascinating because it feels as though you studied the problem and then created solutions for every step along the way. What is your success rate? How, how are you all able to evaluate the impact that you're making in the lives of your participants? Well, so we, we, um, we use all sorts of metrics to understand what success looks like at CEO. Um, and we collect a lot of data. Um, a lot of data and sometimes it's 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 more than we can calculate you know mm -hmm. in, in, and and we hope to you know use that data to inform us in creating a more efficient program um a more effective program a more equitable program and so we we look at recidivism um we look at placements um, and, and, and so what we see, you know, we had independent studies done through MRDC, um, which showed that um, in comparison to a control group, um, participants who enroll into a CO program, and these participants are high risk recently released from incarceration, meaning that they are um, most at risk to return, wow. right? Um, and, you know, the, those independent studies showed that um, CEO participants are less likely to recidivate, um, less likely wow. to commit a new crime um, when they're enrolled in our program in comparison to the control group. Um, we also, you know, know that um, we are a taxpayer savings, right? Um, and, and so every dollar that's spent um, um, in our program is $3.30 something sense um in taxpayer savings right and, and wait, so, i'm sorry let's not gloss over that that's huge it that is. is huge and sometimes folks come on and they'll just rattle off their success metrics and i'm like wait wait wait, stop, stop stop we need to sit on that for a minute you are showing that your participants are less likely to recidivate they are getting their financial and economic needs met uh, i'm presuming they're also getting access to social services and other types of supports and and those of you who are listening he's nodding yes in the affirmative and you are also able to have a positive long-term impact on their ability to more healthily transition back into broader 
society. How come we don't have you in every single state in the nation? This feels like a solution that we have been all searching for for forever. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a great question. And, and, you know, we believe our services should be in the places that we're needed the most, right? And so while we are in 12 states, you know, we hope to expand that, you know, and that all, you know, that always depends on leadership in the state government level, mm. right? And, and to open up a CEO office, you know, we work in partnership with the, with the governor's office in those states to, to make sure that we have the resources and partnerships necessary because what, what makes CEO work is that, that the transitional work piece um, and having access to working with municipal agencies like a DOT to help mm -hmm. clean up highways, um, you know, and things of that nature. You know, while that work, you know, maybe some people may frown upon that work, that work is, is not the end all be all for our participants, right? It's, right. it's a stepping stone um, but also we found a way to provide a need, um, or to, to not provide a need, to provide a service to, um, to cover a need that exists throughout the, the country in several states, which is, you know, sanitation, cleaning, things of this nature, right? Um, and, and so we know that our participants can work, and we just need the opportunity for work so that they can get on their feet and then and then be able to go into the fields that they have the skill sets to be a part of mm -hmm. or the passion for. And so give us a highlight of somebody who is an ultimate success story for you. What what was their path like as a result of engaging with your program? So, you know, um, we have several success stories. I, I'll give you a, a success story that's close to 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 me personally um and that is a staff member of mine um who is a participant um i'm not going to say his name because I'm, I'm, I'm on the fly but you know we have staff who are former participants who've come through the program and who understand that their journey um is not unique to them right um and that there are others in their communities um peers folks of color that look like them um, have been impacted by this system tremendously, and they too want to be able to help and, and provide the, the resources that their lived experience can offer to individuals who are going through similar circumstances. Um, and so we have several staff members who've gone through the program or who have, had in, have been impacted by the criminal legal system. Um, and they're using their tools to not only um, help our participants, but advocate um, for more. Wow. This is what it looks like, y'all, when you identify a problem in the community and then think through solutions for the problem that center the people who are closest to it. Uh, how can people support your organization? Are you guys a 501c3? Is there a donation yes, button we on are. your website for those who are listening? Yes. Okay, so yes, Urban View, can, Urban View, let's yes, pay you attention. Can, <laughs> you can go to www.ceoworks.org. And you can get all the information regarding our organization. Um, you can see where we are located um, throughout the country and whether we have a location that's in your community. Um, and you can also learn about our returning citizen stimulus program, which I'll, I'll, I'll say briefly is the largest cash assistance program that has happened in this country when it comes wow. to those who are formerly incarcerated. And during the pandemic year, we were able to give out you know, through the help of philanthropic partners, um, we were able to lead the effort in paying individuals recently released 
$24 million oh um, um, during this time, during the pandemic, um, because we realized that individuals recently coming home um, and during the pandemic, um, while the federal administration prior to the current administration, um, you know, gave out assistance and stimulus and things like that, um, many of those who were recently released um, did not have access because of the lack of working history or tax history. Wow. Um, so there was no unemployment benefits. There was no um, nothing coming to those who um, were formerly incarcerated. So we knew that during this time when everyone else was feeling the burden and the struggles of the pandemic, you have to understand that folks who have been recently released from incarceration were feeling those threefold. Mm. Um, and we knew that they needed immediate cash assistance to not only help them find employment or put food on the table, but find housing and you know, just help their mental well-being um, altogether. I'm in love with this program. Uh, I want everyone right now to go to the website ceoworks.org. Did I say that correctly? CEOworks.org. This is uh, y'all. We hear every single day. There is another elected official telling us that crime is on the rise and something must be done. This organization is doing something to empower not just our community members, our returning citizens, but to help them shape their own economy and to engage in a pathway that leads them away uh, from recidivist behavior and activities. Uh, this is the type of stuff that we need to support. And you said philanthropic dollars helped you to pay out twenty-four million dollars. Well, guess what, audience? We're all philanthropists. Remember that. We talked about that before. We have to get in the mindset that we as a black community are philanthropic as well. Uh, Derek Bowers, it's been a real pleasure to have you here. Please keep us posted on the status of your program. Any other uh, programs you plan on rolling out? I am not interested in highlighting uh, stuff on crime. I want smart solutions. This is a smart yes. solution, and I'm really excited we're able to highlight it. I um, would love to be able to, to stay in contact and do even more uh, to promote the work that you guys are doing. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you for having me.